Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to another Beats and Body Slams edition of Fresh is the Word. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. And like always, we have a good show for you. But before we get into that, definitely just want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshthepodcast.com and just share any of the links from the website on your social media. That would be awesome. There's a link at the top that says support the podcast where you can donate via PayPal. There's also a Amazon link on that page that you can use anytime you want to make any Amazon purchases and they'll shoot back a little commission our way. Doesn't change anything on your end, just helps out the podcast. You can also follow Fresh is the Word on Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word One. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number one. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. Give us a like, shoot, shoot us a message. That would be cool. And then also, Fresh is the Word is available to subscribe on all sorts of platforms on the internet. You can go to Mixcloud, Soundcloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, all of them. Just uh, search Fresh is the Word and hit the subscribe button or the follow or whatever the term is on each platform. And then you can also leave comments on all those. Go ahead and leave us a comment. Five stars. Whatever. You know, it'll help out the podcast. That's definitely how you can support support what we're doing here. I'm, I'm putting in a lot of work. All right, this week for, you know, this edition of uh, the Beats and Body Slams edition of the Freshest Word podcast, I have a really cool guest, Kevin Harvey. He's uh, one of the guys who uh, runs both 
uh, Rise Wrestling and Shimmer Wrestling. Uh, these are both uh, women's wrestling organizations. Uh, Rise is like a developmental sort of organization, and then Shimmer is a kind of full-on in independent uh, uh, organization. A lot of talented women have gone through you know, both of those. Uh, Rise is something that's sort of new, and we get into why it was established. Uh, both Rise and Shimmer have big events, you know, this weekend in uh, outside of Chicago in uh, Berwyn, Illinois, the Berwyn Eagle Eagles Club. I've been there before for an AAW show. Cool little spot. There's going to be definitely some really cool wrestling going on. So we kind of talk about, like, you know, what went into sort of establishing Rise Wrestling, the whole developmental sort of organization that it is and why it was needed and we definitely you know talk about one of my favorites one of my favorite women one of my favorite ladies in the independent wrestling scene Shotzi Blackheart she loves pizza she can get a slice of pizza out of anywhere she is amazing I can't wait to see her I got to meet her this time I'm going to try to take a picture there's a lot there's a lot, just just a lot of cool wrestlers uh Chelsea Green's going to be there Rosemary dude, from what I hear also they just they just uh said he, Kevin just announced on online today that Soraya Knight you know Paige's mom is going to be there and I went to a Rise event uh, earlier this year when I was in Los Angeles, and super fun. Loved it. I didn't get to meet anybody because I was battling the flu, so I just like stay away from everybody because I didn't want to get anybody sick. So, but I'm super geeked. I'm gonna make the trip out to uh, Chicago this weekend to uh, check out uh, the Rise event, and the Shimmer's gonna be going uh, two days on Saturday the 8th and the 9th. I'll only be able to go on the 8th because I got to get back here to Detroit area, go to work, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, forget about me. Then after uh, after I talk to Kevin, uh, we'll uh, get into the Fresh is the Word Beats and Body Slam Edition discussion part of the, portion of the show. And where, when I have my, my regular guest recently, the novelist of the Detroit hip-hop group Clear Soul Forces. And we're going to talk about the amazing weekend we just had of wrestling with the new Japan Pro Wrestling G1 special out in Long Beach, California. It was an amazing, amazing event. Okada, Kenny Omega, Cody, dude, oh God, it was it was magical. And Kenny Kenny Omega had one of the greatest weekends I've ever seen for any wrestler. So we'll, we'll, we're going to break down everything go, that went on, our favorite moments of this past weekend at the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Special in Long Beach, California. All right, but that, before we get into that, let's get to the interview with Kevin Harvey from Rise Wrestling and Shimmer Wrestling. All right, man, we're here with Kevin Harvey. He's the executive producer for Rise Wrestling. You, uh, you've been a part of you know Rise Wrestling, also been a part of, uh, of Shimmer. What is your exact roles with both of those? Well, there's certain role titles that Dave and I kind of assign ourselves, which honestly are seemingly tongue-in-cheek just as much as they are anything else. <laughs> with Rise, I label myself the executive producer. With Shimmer, Dave is labeled the executive producer. And how I break that down is basically if Rise is a, a crippling financial downfall, I'm the one whose life is affected by that. If Shimmer is a crippling financial downfall, Dave's life is the one who's affected by that. So ultimately, <laughs> we're really the business owners. It is 
Uh, and I would also say for Rise, I would have the final sort of creative say with the product, I suppose. And then Dave obviously has that with Shimmer as well. So it's it's hard to narrow down to say just one job on the independents. Certainly not any giant, uh, you know, entertainment mogul companies like, say, a WWE, where there's certain people who do this one job or are part of a team of people that do this one job. Right. There, there's a lot of hats worn on on uh, either side of the rise or shimmer fence with me and Dave. Right. How did you originally get into the wrestling world? Usually I make some sort of a joke in the ballpark of lifelong fandom and a couple of bad decisions. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. How, you know, how and why did the Rise organization get started? Rise was born out of, I guess you could say foresight, and now in hindsight we can say necessity. After taking a little bit of time away, it was time for me to come back to the wrestling world things were kind of balanced in life outside of wrestling for me to come back and i knew that shimmer was going to be a huge part of how i was going to come back in fact originally it was probably going to be the only like solid booking that i had or the thing i was going to give the most of my time to and right around it was probably like early august of last year started to get some rumblings and there were some things that maybe were officially known and unofficially known but now we know that in a couple of weeks, WWE has publicly said we're doing the 32-woman invitational tournament, the May Young Classic. And let's just say when they announced that was not the first time that any of us had ever heard of that. That's something that has kind of been in the pipeline for quite a bit of time. Right. Or at least there was significant rumor, enough to make you go, hmm. Yes. It's not out of the realm of possibility. A lot of talent might not be accessible to the independents in the not-so-distant future. So talking to Dave and knowing that there were a couple of talents who we were of the belief they were probably being courted by WWE. And in hindsight, they were because some of them are publicly in WWE. Now, some of them are heavily rumored or honestly, I don't even pay attention to, uh, super, super closely to the announcements of like, Hey, so-and-so is now officially reporting to the performance center but I know there's people that are no longer available to the independents because they're no longer able to take our tape. So right. uh, knowing that that day was probably not too far ahead of us, we knew that there was a certain amount of people that would no longer be available to us after November. And the more you hear about the tournament and kind of looking at history with, say, the Cruiserweight Classic and now people from that who are no longer available to the independents, it seemed like we needed to do some heavy recruiting, some heavy scouting, but wanted to do it in a little bit different way. Wanted to do it in a way where we could see a lot of people in a little bit of time, but also develop those people immediately. Like who can determine who can we invest in? And we try to develop everybody that's in those seminars. That's kind of the point is for every single person that's in them to get better. Realistically, not a hundred percent of them will necessarily get an immediate shimmer opportunity, but we can get a really good gauge of where somebody's at on a lot of different levels. That can be, uh, obviously, in-ring performance is a big part of it. But we also want to see how do people conduct themselves in a locker room? Right. How do people conduct themselves when it comes to, say, helping out with all facets of a show? Generally speaking, on the independents, no one's above, say, setting up a ring or setting up a chair or helping clean up after the show. And th- just kind of seeing how everybody is at all the performance aspects, but also all of the you're on stage even when you're not on stage aspect of the job. And I see that uh, throughout this whole sort of uh, what you call like the pipeline wrestling talent development system. You had this, it's kind of broken down in rise, gain, and voice. You know, can you speak more about that? Yeah, essentially it's 
the rise is the the main attraction. It's what brought us to the dance, and honestly, the the plans for what now is known as gain and voice were kind of years down the road, but after the success of rise and honestly, some conversations with Soraya Knight pushing me to, to try to roll things out on a little bit grander scale. Otherwise (laughs) people might kind of copy the formula that was starting to find a little bit of success. And it's not necessarily, you know, doing a seminar isn't a completely original idea, but we're trying to do things in a little bit different way with a few more incentives for why people would do our seminars or try to get on our shows. Right. So Rise is basically a women's only concept. We only do uh, the in-ring seminars for wrestlers for women are, and the events that bear the Rise logo are 100% women's matches. Then with gain, that's essentially our co-ed concept where everything, the, the same general idea is rise where there are world-class development seminars with a few feature talents on the live event. And then we handpick people from the seminars to be on that live event. It's just a co-ed concept. And on the first gain event, we ended up having most of the rise roster, most of the uh, six girls that are on the rise roster. I think we had four out of six or yeah, we had four out of the six on the first gain show because we already kind of had an established brand, and we wanted to bring those who we have already established through our Rise events and use that as sort of an attraction for gain. And then with Voice, Voice was originally going to be just training for announcers, but that sort of evolved with time to really be our online training program. So there's a lot of different training that you don't necessarily have to be in a building with a ring or even right in person. There's a lot of things right. that can be taught if you can just see and hear a person and our voice classrooms, they are, they're online. They're 100% interactive. You can actually do skills practice. It's not just, hey, watch this guy talk live on YouTube for a certain amount of money. It's, there, there's a lot of layers to how those voice seminars come off. Now, I will say that the program is far more geared still toward non-wrestling roles. Right. Uh, but we actually, just in the last week, we did, gosh, two, at least two, if not three, promo seminars online in the last week. Okay. And that was a mix of mostly wrestlers. I think we did have one manager that was in the mix with those. But with promos, if you do try to do, say, promo day in a wrestling school, if there's a ring and wrestlers are there, they're going to end up doing moves in the ring. They're going to end up wrestling <laughs> around. I don't mean right. that as a dig. If right. you're at a wrestling school, that's the, the main scope of what people are at a wrestling school to work on is the, the physics, the technique, and and the the physical fundamentals of pro wrestling. But I think most people can say out loud that, yeah, you need to work on everything and be a total package. It's another to actually grasp that concept and sink your teeth into that concept and actually find real living, breathing, tangible ways to work on those things. Right. Because so much of how people learn promos is basically trial and error. Oh, that didn't work. Guess I'll never do that again. That didn't work either. That didn't work either. So we try to put people in different situations to get them thinking in a little bit different way. And that's where really the voice program comes in. And now we're sticking our toe in the water with offering in-person seminars for non-wrestling roles as well. Like also in July, we have what we're calling Rise 3.1, mostly because it's just running the same day as a Rise event but that's going to be open to all genders for managers, referees, and announcers. So that's sort of our first soiree into a, an also featured attraction alongside a rise or a game seminar for the end ring. Right. 
What sort of positive results have you uh, kind of felt thus far since Rise started? I'd say the really the two biggest things that I'm incredibly proud of, number one, straight out of the first seminar, we had 40 women in the first seminar. That was just way too many people rolling around the Berwyn Eagles Club, so we're scaling <laughs> back how many people in a seminar. Right. That first one, we had 40 people, and from that first group, 13 in all had some sort of an opportunity over the next three days with Shimmer, whether that was a dark match, whether that was actually making main roster debuts in some capacity. 13 people who were on the first Rise event were featured in some way, shape, or form in front of the Shimmer Live audience. So to see that sort of immediate net result, especially when we know since November, from our November tapings compared to the July tapings for Shimmer, there's seven talents that are, for varying reasons, are no longer available to us. Just straight up, we cannot book those people anymore. Right. So that's a good place to have a bench of, say, 10 or 12 people, because one of those 13 has moved on to WWE since the first rise as well. <laughs> so that's something where we, we've been able to build this pipeline of talent. So that's kind of major pride point number one. And then the major pride point, uh, the second major pride point is really our rise roster of girls, those six core girls. Phoenix of Rise champion, Shotzi Blackheart, Angel Dust, Britt Baker and Chelsea Green, the tag team of Fire and Night, yeah. Delilah Doom, and the Fallen Flower Kikio. Those girls are all doing something that they had a goal to do when they came to Rise. And for a lot of those girls, that was a Shimmer debut. Now, for some of them, it hasn't happened yet. Chelsea and Delilah will be uh, on the Shimmer tapings. That's already been announced. They'll be part of the Shimmer roster come July. Right. And then Kikio is not officially on anything shimmer, but knowing the work that she's put in in the last, say, six to 12 months, I'm confident that she can get there. Whether we can do that in July, you know, that kind of remains to be seen. We're going to do a seminar. We're going to see how things go on the Rise event. But there, I don't think, I think for Kikio, shimmer is much more in reach than it ever has been for her before. And when you look at talent like Britt Baker, Shotzi Blackheart, and Angel Dust, those are names that you are seeing more and more places yeah. than you did a year ago. And that's not magically rise did that for them. That would be completely arrogant and ignorant <laughs> to say. But the fact that they're taking initiatives to do things like rise, to invest in themselves, to make themselves better in different areas and to get different experience and different perspectives, we're seeing these folks pop up all over the place. Delilah in that same boat. Chelsea. Now, Chelsea's an interesting scenario because she was already on a television product when she right. first came to Rise, but she wanted to be a part of Shimmer. She want, And Chelsea's a poster child for wanting to just gain as much knowledge as he possibly can. Like, all six of those girls are clearly poster children because I put the Rise logo on them. <laughs> they are our roster, and they're on the posters, so that all makes sense. But with they've all got sort of different reasons that they came to rise. And I think for those six, most of them have either found what they were looking for or they are well on their way to what they were looking for since they sent that first, whether it was an email or social media message or however they got in contact with us for the first time to try to be part of rise. They've all elevated their, I, I guess you could say their status to some degree. Right. I think they've all elevated their skills, and I, I think most importantly, like that's that's a great that just those six alone, tremendous finds from the seminars that we've done so far. Right. On a um, previous episode, I uh, I had uh, Nevaeh Christ on there, and we talk. I was talking with her about 
um, her role in Rockstar Pro Wrestling and how um, with Jake and Dave Chris and uh, Desmond Xavier and um, a few of the other guys there, how it's how they've kind of worked together as like a unit, whether it's going against each other or being a unit themselves against other people. But they're but they sort of work together as a community to build each other up. And now all these guys are being booked everywhere and even Dave's going to Japan soon to be on DDT and Desmond Xavier is going to be on is on impact and everybody in um Sammy Callahan's everywhere like Justin Rise like what is how's the importance of sort of community amongst all the wrestlers to sort of build everybody up it is among the most important things for me that's a major value proposition for why someone would want to do a rise seminar is the networking. On any given Rise seminar, we've had, I, I think, the lowest amount of promotions we've had formally represented at either a Rise or a Gain seminar was three. Um, and that's three more bookings. I mean, Gain was unique in sort of a standalone event, but looking at the first two Rise seminars, first Rise was alongside Shimmer. The second one was alongside AWS in the Los Angeles market out in California. And Bart Kapitsky's running shows very, very regularly in Southgate and Anaheim and different venues in the Southern California markets. You go do that seminar, you're automatically kind of networked in with whoever we're running with. And then we have other people, like say our feature talents. When Saraya Knight has been at Rise Seminars, she is one of the owners of WAW in the UK for men's and women's wrestling, for Bellatrix, for women's wrestling in the UK. Like, why wouldn't you want to possibly, you know, maybe catch an email in that scenario? That's, uh, we are trying to showcase talent and build a pipeline for wrestling talent worldwide, not, not just one place. Where every wrestling promotion is in the same spot, if you need to be able to scout talent and arise seminars away, like I said earlier, you can truly fully scout them. There's only so much you can learn if somebody sends you a YouTube link or a direct video file or maybe somebody still uses physical media out there and sends a, a DVD of some kind. For all I know, if somebody sends me, say, one match link, for all I know, that's the 1,000th time the two people in that match have put on the same match. I, I don't necessarily have a benchmark for that. Right. So what I want to do is I don't want to put people, say two people travel together, and I know that they've wrestled each other however many times because they live in the same area. I'm not going to do that same match at Rise. Like the whole point is let's get you in there with other people who you, wouldn't, who you would not normally interact with or you might not normally be on a show with. Let's get you in different combinations. Plus – in Rise, we can kind of figure out, all right, if somebody maybe can have a great match with only this one opponent, we're going to learn that through the seminar. We're going to learn that through the course of the event so it can let us test the waters for some things that we want to do on grander scales, whether that be with Shimmer, whether that be with AWS or some of the other partners that we're going to cultivate some relationships with in time. Right. How do you, um, how do you kind of go about, like you just mentioned, like that – one wrestler might only have a good match with that one particular wrestler. How do you kind of go about what, whatever it is, sort of breaking these these wrestlers out of their shell, so to speak? In terms of, like, maybe uh, – could you just run that by me one more time? I want to make sure I'm understanding this. I think I've got an answer. I want to make sure I take it in the right direction here. Right. Like, um, like you said, um, that, you know, maybe, one, you know, a particular wrestler might only have a uh, – 
a, a good match with another particular wrestler. So you want to try to mix it up. Or what, whether it's even with doing promos or whatnot, how do you sort of convince, even if it's a little bit maybe at times hard to convince uh, them to you know expand a little bit more, how do you uh, kind of approach it that they do need to expand certain things more and maybe try out new things? Really, that that starts with open and honest feedback, which in a lot of the wrestling world is something that can be hard to come by because wrestling is not a world that is ego-free, and I know some people aren't the most receptive to, to feedback and to criticism, right. but that's something that we emphasize and we give as much as possible with the different producers and agents and different promoters and things that might be on hand. And when you're bringing in a trainer, the level of Soraya Knight, Colt Cabana, Michael Elgin, Ace Steel, Tom Pritchard. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, if Tom Pritchard in a seminar says, hey, I think you need to work on this, and you are currently an independent wrestler and have never been on a level higher than that, Right. that's a big reason we kind of do these seminars. Like, is that somebody you want to book blind? Well, not blindly, but based on one YouTube clip because they tore the house down with one opponent. Now you're starting to realize if there are maybe certain – attitudinal aspects that maybe wouldn't be the best thing to have in your locker room. Because we are scouting our talents from the minute they, whether they send an email or fill out the online form to register for the seminar, we're already doing our homework from that. Like what effort did you put into the form? What effort did you put into the email? So much of a first impression can be made by that very first correspondence. And then we're doing homework. We're seeing what we can find online. We're seeing what their social media presence is. We're seeing, like, I'm asking a lot of the talents for promos, number one, to promote the show that's coming up in July, but for two, to kind of see what they've got. You know, if we're looking at somebody to possibly be featured on a Shimmer show, if I need that person to talk, I, I can't honestly imagine too many scenarios where people who are resistant to the very idea of doing a promo or trying something different being rewarded with the opportunity of something very different from what they've done and really what they're aspiring to be. Like we want to see work. We want to see progress and we want to see people that are willing to get outside of their comfort zones to maybe do some things that they haven't been asked to do before that they were a little afraid to do a whole lot of great creative things can come from being just a little bit afraid or being forced to be in a situation that's different than one you faced before. You generally don't get better by doing the exact same thing over and over and over. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. You touched on this before about, um, you have someone like Chelsea green, who's been on impact wrestling. Uh, you've also, uh, the events you've had Rosemary on, uh, the rise shows also like how does having those sort of, um, wrestlers, you know, you know, how does rise sort of help progress those talent or, are they also there to sort of contribute more to the learning curve of the more greener talent that's involved? Mostly the latter of the two scenarios you just kind of uh, put out there because the part of the point of rise is to do a seminar with a trainer that you probably wouldn't normally have access to. And then also to work with opponents you might not normally have access to. And if we're trying to get a cart now to sell tickets to a show, you have to have something that's an appeal to the fan. Like right. our very first show, we did dirt, dirt, dirt cheap tickets, like $10 and $5, because we were working with nearly 100% unknowns to the Shimmer audience. And that's who we were largely catering to. 
we have to have a few controls in there. Number one, so we can actually sell some tickets. Number two, to control the quality of the live event. Number three, and to help guide some of these new talents. And that's something where you have to have, and now that we're at Rise 3, we've been able to evolve the concept to where it was always designed to be, but you couldn't start there, of roughly one-third of the card is feature talent or world-renowned talent, like, say, Soraya Knight, Mercedes Martinez, Rosemary, just people that you know could have the proverbial good match with a broomstick kind of thing. (laughs) Right, right. And and one-third, the girls that we're selecting to be part of this RISE permanent roster who we're identifying through the seminars and through the live events, and then the remaining third, fresh talent that we're picking right from the seminars that are happening that day. And with that, I think that makes the card more intriguing because you've got, all right, this is a talent I know I can count on. These are the RISE girls that are sort of endearing themselves to us through becoming a regular RISE fan. And then finally, all right, that's the intrigue. Who who might we discover? If we're going to buy this ticket or buy this DVD, who might I see that I've never seen before? That the producers of this unique format that are tied to not just RISE, but whatever partner promotions, who did these producers and these promoters handpick from a seminar of, generally speaking, between 20 and 40 people, depending on how huge of a class we're going to do and how much space we've got, who's going to make the cut? Who are we going to see that we might not have ever even heard the name before? And I think that's where things come in. And with the quality of talent in the Rise roster, the quality of talent in our feature players, that's something where you put that new person in a great situation they're going to learn by proxy of being in the ring with somebody who's probably at a different level of wrestling or at least a completely different perspective than them. Right. And I think the fans win because you're not putting a, somebody who may be very, very new in wrestling that kind of needs that more experienced dance partner. You aren't mixing too many common elements so that you're going to have matches that maybe aren't video distribution quality is a nice way I could put that. <laughs> right, right. What sort of what sort of the regular feedback that you get from more of the greener talent that you're involved with um, as they sort of you know progress more and get more experience? Really, the biggest feedback that we've gotten from any talent of any experience level is we wish we had more time in the seminar. Almost everyone invariably has said we would have happily paid more money for more time. Um, it is one thing that is kind of a challenge is that is a very grueling day for everybody that's involved <laughs> because normal, a normal wrestling show is not an easy day. There's setup, there's teardown, there's right. planning different facets of what's going to be filmed. There might be pre-tape post tape. And then the actual, Hey, people are getting in a ring and beating the crap out of each other. That's not exactly an easy task. Now you throw on, anywhere between six and nine hours of seminar before that. (laughs) And now you've got to go wrestle a match, potentially multiple matches. If we're doing anything like a tournament or a number one contenders or anything like that, that's a, that's a hell of a day. Right, man. Right. It's, that is, that is crazy. Yeah. I was, um, I was actually out in California for the January rise events. I was at that show and I really, really enjoyed it. Well, good. That's the that was the whole point of doing the show, is, and we're going to be back in L.A. at the end of the year. And I don't think anybody from the fans, at least nobody's said directly they didn't like the show. In fact, we made the 
Uh, we did an in-ring announcement at another event with AWS in May. I was, happened to be out in California visiting some friends, popped by AWS. Right. And we did the in-ring announcement. We had pretty good fan reaction because a lot of those fans were at Rise or AWS or both and very much looking forward to seeing Rise go back to the uh, to the West Coast. Right. Yeah, and all in like the at the January one, that's you made the announcement of who some of the regular talent for uh for rise would be and you know I, i've uh, i've seen uh brit baker before like at um a um aiw in cleveland and then of course chelsea green impact and you know a few of the others but i really that was the first time i really got to see uh shotzi blackheart and i was like yo this chick is cool man i love her man like like what was your what was your first idea about her when you first like uh came across her I mean, just like I said, the importance of that first email, I did not have any awareness of a wrestler named Shotzi Blackheart before she emailed to inquire about Rise One. Made a good impression in that email, did everything that we asked of really any talent in terms of pre-work. She sent a promo that was totally different than anything else anybody did. She sent her, uh, say, some sample 8x10s and different images that we could put into the posters, into the marketing material. She showed that she had investment in herself and that she wanted to do what she could to help us get her name out there, that she wanted to invest in herself and get herself, get her name out there. And one of the biggest impressions I had was when she came out for Rise One, she didn't just show up that day. She came out like four or five days ahead on her own, found a local wrestling school where she could actually train with some other people in addition to the uh, the training she was going to be doing with Soraya and Colt at that seminar. She absolutely just proved herself to be kind of a workhorse and that she was making a lot of efforts to get better, to be seen, to be noticed, and to actually improve herself. And got her Shimmer debut. She and Angel Dust debuted the very next day on Shimmer. And then when we went to L.A., there was I, – I had an idea of what I would like to do see Shotzi accomplish – to execute ideas, sometimes you do have to test the waters. And in L.A., right. we had her in a match with Shimmer champion Mercedes Martinez. In a match that I've said point blank on many occasions, to me that was the match that was going to show, is is Shotzi going to be somebody that we become heavily invested in for eyes? And you were there. I mean, you can tell me if you felt like she, if you felt like she held her own with Mercedes or not, but I, I personally felt that she did hell yeah, of a definitely. match with Mercedes. And in knowing what Angel Dust was capable of and seeing how she progressed in a completely different direction in terms of uh, being becoming a totally different character and doing things that are way outside of what her comfort zone up to that point had been, right? you, you start to formulate other ideas. And I won't go too deep into that because a lot of those ideas have not seen fruit yet. I mean, those two <laughs> are main eventing Rise 3 in about, a, gosh, a week, two weeks here, depending on when this drops. And that's there's a lot more story to be told with those two. But with Shotzi, she's just absolutely doing everything she can to improve and taking feedback. And like I said, you can say that about all of the Rise roster, whether that's Britt, Delilah, Angel Dust. I'm in touch with all of them very, very regularly, and I know that they're all doing whatever they can. Shotzi was just in the United Kingdom for a couple weeks, just got back home. I mean, that girl wrestled – two matches yesterday, like <laughs> wrestled uh, Thunder Rosa at one promotion in Northern California, yeah. 
got in the car and drove, I'm not sure how far, to wrestle Kikio in a no disqualification match. Uh, So basically just drove all around, did what she had to do. And I actually saw the first match. She had a hard-fought match with Thunder Rosa and then does like a a match I haven't watched yet with like with tables and craziness and both people bleeding with Kikio later that night. I mean, to do two shows in a weekend sometimes is staying really busy for a wrestler. Shotzi did two that day, and I think she has five matches in all this weekend. I think she had one Friday, two Saturday, and then had one or two today. And you just, it, without taking that risk, right? and I, you know, she would never know. She just kind of did the comfortable, all right, I'll take a Friday booking, a Saturday booking, and maybe rest up on Sunday. Like, she's doing what she can to get different places and be seen by different people. And some of that's involved personal and say financial risk, but it's finding reward for her because sometimes things start off with you getting yourself someplace. The first time Shotzi came to Chicago, she found her way here. Every time she's been back since she's been brought back by people in the Midwest that are using her as a talent on their shows now. So yeah, she took a risk, but she's found a lot of plane tickets and a lot of bookings (laughs) and a lot of training and things as a result of that, because she's met more people that want to invest into her, what she's shown she's willing to invest into our product. Right. And I, I did notice a few times you, um, you've been, there's been times when like the rise championships have been, uh, defended in other organizations. Yeah. The, the title has been defended in, I'm just going to say five or six. I really don't want to hit dead air while I count how many <laughs> it actually is. Right. But it's, we started things off with AIW in Cleveland. The very first non-Rise event defense of the Phoenix of Rise Championship yeah. was then champion Angel Dust versus Shotzi Blackheart. And we wanted to, number one, have the title have exposure because I knew realistically we wouldn't have more than, say, four to six events in, in 2017. And I didn't want the title to be defended only occasionally or this person has had a 12 year reign and three defenses kind of a thing. Right. So with that, we wanted to have kind of a value proposition for our talent in that let's try to actually get you booked at some other places where we have relationships or we have partnerships. Let's get you some additional bookings besides just rise or whoever our immediate, you know, co-promoter might be for a weekend. But also for the fans is, as we showed with our, very first outing, you might not want to turn your nose to some of these satellite defenses because you might not know what will happen. That first night out, I think a lot of folks thought, okay, yep, Phoenix of Rise Championships at AIW, and we were already advertising. There was a company called Independence Pro Wrestling uh, that was running in Pennsylvania the very next weekend. I think a lot of people were being cynical. I saw a couple of different things online, like, oh, gee, I wonder who's winning because there was already a graphic with White Angel <laughs> Dust with the title defending Shotzi Blackheart. Right. And lo and behold, that the title switched that night in Cleveland. Right. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. Now, I'm not saying that the title's going to switch our hands a whole heck of a lot on maybe non, <laughs> non-rise or non-pipeline affiliated events, but we're, we're open to that idea because I feel like the value proposition for the talents for Rise is we're probably going to find you some other bookings one way or another. We're probably going to help you get out there more, but also for these promotions where we might pitch these ideas, 
it might bring our audience to you because we may have fans that are unique to us that might buy a ticket or might buy your DVD, Blu-ray, or your video on demand because they see our girls there and know that, hey, you know what? That title match might that might end up being a special moment that I don't want to miss. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, what, you know, at this point, you know, what do you, you know, feel like the future has in store for Rise and whatever you want to result from it? Well, I can tell you the reasonably immediate future, the back half of 2017, is very exciting and downright scary. I am going to, by the time December 3rd rolls around and we've put the cap on our final event for this year, I'm either going to look back and go, oh, my God, I'm so happy that we all took these risks <laughs> because it had so much reward, or I'm going to go, God damn it, Harvey, you fool, what have you done? I don't know <laughs> which of those two it's going to be. I can tell you I'm going to work my, my butt off, and I've got a lot of people who are going to help me along the way, but that hopefully we're going to do the first example that I shared there. Hopefully we're looking back on, oh, my gosh, this is going to be great because it, if all goes according to the current plan, I can't let all the cats out of the bag yet. I'm hoping to actually in-ring at Rise 3 on July 7th to make some of the announcements uh, about what the rest of this year looks like. But there's a couple things contractually I can't commit to yet because political stuff has, hasn't quite settled yet. But if all goes according to plan, we will have Rise 3 through 6 in the back half of 2017. And the goal is to have at least one of those events not take place on North American soil. All right, then. That sounds great. That sounds great. All right, man. That's that's about it for the interview. Thanks for, uh, you know, taking the time to chat with me. If uh, anybody wants to find out more information on Rise, Shimmer, and any of the, you know, the the seminars and whatnot online, where can they go? Here's really your, your catch-all information for, for plugs, info, and what you need to know, especially coming up for July. Big weekend in women's wrestling starts July 7th with Rise 3 Medic at the Berwyn Eagles Club. Shimmer July 7th, or I'm sorry, July 8th and July 9th. Tickets for Rise available at our website, WrestlingPipeline.com, and you can get to the store from there. Tickets for Shimmer, ShimmerWrestling.com. Click on the store from there. Social media, Rise, Facebook and Twitter at Rise DTWA for developing tomorrow's women athletes. Shimmer at Shimmer Women on all of the above. And I believe that's, uh, for them, that's Instagram as well. There isn't a Rise Instagram, but following me, my personal account is more or less following Rise on Instagram. Trying to get a little more involved on the old Instagram. That seems to be catching more and more steam. So probably will get a Rise account so that people don't have to see random pictures of my cats or whatever dumb crap I put (laughs) on Instagram these days. But that's, that's really where you get all the info is through our websites or through our social media, specifically for anything uh, in terms of seminars we have coming up. If you go to wrestlingpipeline.com, there's basically a link for Rise, a link for Gain, a link for Voice, which for the most part is updated with whatever the current offerings are or whatever the next offerings are. But I would say social media is just as effective a way to get our information. We do have a YouTube channel where we have a couple of our matches. We've got uh, a lot of the promos from the talents from past events and also this current Rise 3 coming up. We're going to have some fun. Rise 3, we know we've got a couple of pretty intense grudge matches. we got Delilah Doom and Rosemary. I mean, you saw firsthand what Rosemary did to Delilah. This is Delilah's return to Rise to take on her demon firsthand. <laughs> right. And then dog collar match 
Angel Dust and Shotzi, we keep making the, the play on words that they've seemingly been joined at the hip this year. Well, we're going to join them at the neck with 15 feet <laughs> of steel chains. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man! I might, I might actually uh, come out to Chicago for all of this. I got to check my uh, schedule, but I, I might actually be free during that time. Yeah, make it happen, man! Make it happen. So that was my interview with Kevin Harvey from Rise and Shimmer Wrestling. I'm going to be out in Chicago this weekend for both of those events. So if you see me and know what I look like, come say hi. We'll take a picture. We'll party. So that's another Beats and Body Slams edition of Fresh is the Word. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.